conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Morning. Morning. Good morning. How are you? We made it to another Monday, baby. Another Monday. More will follow. Believe me. (laughs) More will follow. I love it. I love it. Um, How are you guys doing? How's the week? How's the weekend? Everything going good in the what Alabama, and then we got Krakow. So two completely opposite places in the world, but. No, here's 35 degrees Celsius, super warm. No, I, w- I wish. No, it was, a, it was an interesting weekend. Saturday, I tried to spend some time with the family. Sunday, was just working. It's it's a busy period, a lot of things to do, but it, uh, still. I love working, so that's not, not too bad still. Yeah, 
I feel well, like it is about 20 degrees here. So Celsius. So we're, uh, we're feeling good. It's spring has finally come. Flowers are starting to bloom all the, all the signs of spring except for the people running around the neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I could tell you're a little bit better mood, except for you're probably not outside. So uh, I guess we'll change that after this, you know, go get some more coffee and enjoy the, enjoy the flowers. Um, yeah. Cheers. Uh, so sweet. Yeah. We got a lot to cover today and this week. Um, we're really going to dive into UK. Um, there's been, you know, I think, not a lot to cover until recently because of, you know, all the, the the lockdowns and just the lack of travel to the UK, but I'm really excited. So that'll be a good topic, but I want to lead us in. Um, if you guys don't have anything else to, to bring up for a quick intro, bring in uh, What's With The Noise and have uh, Mr. Golden take it away. Sound good? That works. All right, let's do it. Good morning. The uh, the long-awaited first earnings call of Airbnb has now happened, and there's some kind of mixed signs. They beat the revenue projections by nearly $100 million, which is uh, which caused the stock price to to jump a good bit on on the day it was announced. But they had nearly a four billion dollar uh, gross booking value drop uh, year over year. So that's a 31% drop, I believe. Now, the other positive sign that, that came out of that was 95% of their traffic was not paid. So now they know they don't need to spend billions and billions of dollars on traffic uh, because most of their their uh, visits are organic or repeat. And they've doubled down nearly on uh, PR and uh, television ads. So I've started to see some continuous TV ads here in the US for Airbnb. Uh, I guess it's a better way to spend the money than through Google. So some mixed signs from from the first earnings call, I guess uh, any favorable signs mid pandemic is a good sign. So we can kind of chalk that up as a win. But good to see that Airbnb is, is now publicly sharing their numbers and, and we can all kind of see where the industry is uh, and can, can use that as our, our guiding star. Good morning. Uh, this week we have a special episode, so there will be no startup because there's literally no time for it. Because we have a special guest, it's my colleague and uh, also involved in iMeet Hotel. So Christian will actually tell you more about the learnings. We had a great session last week. It was the, the online version. As many people know, we organizing iMeet Hotel multiple times per year before COVID, always in uh, different places all over the world. But now we moved to online. So Christian, the, the floor is yours. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for the interject, uh, introduction. And thanks, Will and Michael. Nice to see you today. Uh, I got to say, um, thanks thanks a lot for all the listeners. 
uh, I mean, Hotel Destination UK happened last week, and we learned uh, a few different things from the event. Now, between Zoom and LinkedIn, we had over 600 registrants uh, and attendees from 50 different countries. So the majority of the UK, but we had Japan, Ecuador, South Africa, Greece, nice global audience. Um, now, what we learned from the talks, and I'll just give you some brief points as we can talk a little bit more about it later, uh, but we see that occupancy rates in 2021 are forecasted, this is in the UK, to be 55%. Now, it was 20 to 38% in, in 2020, uh, and it could take uh, what they're forecasting is maybe up to four years to return to those COVID, uh, pre-COVID-19 levels of 2019. Now, to give you a little bit of an example, what kind of price and what that cost, uh, one of our speakers was the interim CEO of VisitBath, and uh, uh, she she pointed out that the West of England in 2019, there was $2.3 billion in total visitor spent, and that's 45,000 tourism-related jobs or 8% of the employment. So you can imagine, you know, three to four years before we get back to that point or the UK for that matter. Now, like I said, return to 2019 uh, levels in real terms, not looking likely until mid-2023 or 24. But there's optimism on the other side of it. Uh, as we see, the UK, UK is uh, increasing the vaccination program, uh, and I believe it's about 30% uh, of, of people there have gotten the vaccination, uh, and that has led into uh, a lot of announcements coming out of the UK uh, about when things are going to open up again. Now, because of those announcements from the UK government, there's been a 600% increase in flights and bookings. So you can see a lot of domestic travel is going to start happening again, especially at this point, if you're looking at uh, 600%, I mean, it's not a lot compared to what it was in 2019. However, comparing it to last year, that's a real bump, meaning that uh, it's time to start preparing uh, your properties in the UK. Now, a common theme that we had throughout the talks was that now that you have no or low occupancy rates, this is time to revisit your operations foundations. So take the time to really analyze the hotel technologies. And the other thing is don't forget about your employees. Offer professional development through this time so they're able to grow uh, within the hotel. And uh, that's it for me for the bid eruption report. That's yeah, thank you, Christian. Uh, we're going to keep you on because I think there's a lot of good uh, information covered in that. And I love the part that you talked about, you know, this is the time to work on your systems and, of course, do professional development for your employees and your team. Because in the beginning, like back in March and, and April of last year, yeah, 2020, um, that this was the thing that a lot of people were kind of, one, scrambling and trying to be like, all right, how the hell do we save our company? How do we save our business? Whether it's a hotel, vacation rental, whatever. I think a lot of people in every industry were kind of figuring that out. But then like slowly, I would say maybe a month or two, people are like, all right, this is where we need to refine and 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 iron out these, these kinks that we've had, um, you know, prior to, because like you said, 2019, we had high, levels yep. of travel like we had a great i think you know travel and share economy um and obviously now yeah but at that point you have no time to take a look at those yeah. systems exactly you got the people coming in and out in and out you know so you have this opportunity to take a look at that we uh we have a saying in the south why fix what ain't broke yeah. or don't fix what ain't broke <laughs> and you know it, travel in 2019 was just firing on all cylinders so why why change why spend the time and the money to do things differently but 
people have certainly had the time, maybe not so much the money, um, but it's time to look at the money and see where you can get efficiencies. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to ask two questions, one to Golden and then, of course, one to Ross and, and Mr. Lupinski here is, uh, Golden, so what are things that short-term rentals uh, are doing in order to really iron out these these kinks if it, if it ain't broke? But now that they have time, they're probably not as fully occupied as compared, but they're still in that breathing room where they can have maybe a couple of days between guests and they're not having the craziest turnover. What are some things that maybe you guys have been seeing with Noise Aware and just like your overall you know, perspective on, on short-term rentals, what have they been doing to really iron out? Yeah, we, we've seen a lot of people change their PMS during the past year. Um, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of folks buy a PMS without knowing where they're going to be in a year, two years, five years, and it doesn't fit them down the road. So to that point, like they didn't have time to switch previously and now they do. That's, that's number one. Number two is, uh, pricing tools. Obviously, a lot of pricing algorithms have been cattywampus throughout this past year. It's it's tough to do modeling uh, when there's not not much to model off of. Yeah, but it's, it is a good time to set it up. And you know, revenue managers can be quite expensive. So leveraging technology to to help that cost during the pandemic can can help. Um, and then it's running into things that they haven't had issues with before. So upping the cleaning game and, and the operations on cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then shamelessly, like noise and parties have been a problem in short-term rentals during the pandemic because bars and restaurants and nightclubs are closed. So we've seen a, a really strong uptick at noise aware of, of our technology as well. So it's leveraging changes that, that were kind of kicked down the road. And then also pulling in technology that, that is now needed even more so. Yeah, because a lot of times, like hosts, were probably just going off of their their gut on when it comes to like inquiries. I'm like, oh, they have a couple of reviews on Airbnb. They have a nice profile picture. They look like they're very nice. Um, let's go ahead and and let them stay. And then all of a sudden, well, just take whatever you can get. I mean, True. we saw a lot of that last summer. It's, thank God we have bookings. I don't care if it's 15 people that live two miles away. Yeah, well, that's a big red flag for short-term rentals, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't take a local booking of twenty-year-olds that live two miles away. True. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of desperation, but also a bit of like change in traveler behavior. Um, those groups of kids can't go to the nightclubs, and instead, they're going to markets that have ne- that they've never gone to before, uh, and having fun. They're going up into the mountains or they're going down to like the sleepy beach towns mm. and, and raising hell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Well, uh, I think that's pretty cool. It's nice to see the professionalism, you know, people d- taking the time during this, you know, slower uh, season to really start professionalizing their ops. And especially when it comes to cleaning, um, it's kind of cool. I was talking to a couple people like with Hostfully and Breezeway and talking about how in 2020, their industry report was mostly focusing on cleanliness, uh, quality control, all these things. That's what you know customers and guests uh, were looking for and not so much rate. And now as we're you know getting into 
a couple of months of 2020 here, well, a couple of months, yeah, three months of 2020 or 2021, sorry, um, that we're seeing that the cleaning and quality control isn't like the number one thing that they're looking for, but rates kind of rising. I think it's because that standard has finally been set, you know, that we can't operate at these cleanliness standards that hotels meet. And so now we're seeing like that shift. Okay. Like we've set the new bar and the professionalism on that aspect and now it's kind of shifting back towards now people are more sensitive to rate now knowing that we can execute on that so it's pretty interesting to see the the data shift um christian and michael uh Mm -hmm. what are some things you guys are seeing on the hotel side Uh, what are you know operations looking like now that people have had time where they're getting no occupancy or they're at you know 10 12 15 maybe even 30 sometimes doing depend on openness of regulation I want to comment on the rates because it is really important. That's what the hotels are also looking into. Okay, we want to sell, of course, we want to sell the rooms now. But yet, how can I earn more in the same bookings? And that's actually what we see. We, we I noticed already and I shared this before. With the huge growth is numbers of hotels who joined us last year. And I think hotels more than ever look at new distribution channels. Also, Christian just mentioned this and also came back actually at last week. <clears throat> so you see a lot of hotels looking at, okay, how can I just make sure that my distribution landscape is more fair, right? Before maybe 40, 50% of the reservations came by OTAs, uh, expensive OTAs. So they're looking, okay, how can I increase direct reservations? The change looking, how can I use my loyalty program? Um, how can, in this case, can other other distribution channels like Bidroom uh, with a different business model actually helping us to, to recover? And then you see, uh, to combine this actually, of course, with the business model, which we have, you can see also trend and also came back last week that subscriptions, for example, and I know you often call me the Elon Musk of subscriptions uh, in travel. And, <laughs> and this is true, right? You just see that uh, more and more things popping up, right? You see TripAdvisor Plus, it is in M. Um, uh, of course, we are out there for the while. So you see more and more subscriptions coming in the industry. And I think it's just a start. And, and I said as well, I had to believe a few years ago already when there was a rise of subscriptions and then especially in entertainment or in the, in the music industry, et cetera. It's okay, this, there will be a time this will come in travel. It's just obvious commission structure is, in my opinion, temporarily because in this case, it's it's unfair often as well. And now you can see it's rising, it's it's growing. It's, I think Skiff mentioned this as the new big thing in travel subscription. So it is, I think, a combination of new business models, which which appearing, right? It's pretty obvious and, and I don't know what the business model of noise averse, but often is licensing fees, SaaS models. It's, it's popular for a while in B2B. And you see it now moving as well to B2C or B2B2C. So you see it more, it's getting more common to pay a monthly fee to get access to something. It's creating a different relationship and also much more sustainable. As you can see, you've got recurring income, et cetera. So I think what we really see as well in the trends and what you see as well last week with coming back is, okay, how can we make sure that we are kind of safe in a situation like this, but also in a hotel, if the recovery is starting, how can we make sure that at the end, we just have the best revenue out there. And maybe your your occupancy is not 80% or maybe 60%, maybe the 60% and paying less commissions, you might have almost the same revenue. And I think what you see that hotels are doing now, how can I really optimize revenue? There's more revenue systems out there. So how can we make sure that if it comes back, most of the income actually goes to me and not to third-party distribution or to distribution channels. Yeah, I guess I, uh, I'll kind of follow up on that. We had Adam Walsh uh, on the program last 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 week, uh, and he's the regional manager uh, for Europe at STA. And what he talked about was was the distribution channels. So you know you have the big guys there, uh, obviously, but 
giving yourself more opportunities, more distribution channels, as long as it works with the systems that you got, you have nothing to lose there. So giving yourself more visibility, uh, you know, you get these meta searches where you can go through and see all the different hotels in Rome, uh, Poland, doesn't matter where it is. And then you can say, okay, Hotel Christian Lipinski, I want to see that place. And then I go to hotelchristianlipinski.com and I want to see more about that hotel. So by by putting yourself out there in all these different channels, it's giving you a lot of, a lot of visibility. But secondly, how do you grab those people once they go to hotelchristianlipinski.com? And that's, uh, I think, what Michael's talking about as well is by by adding those uh, additional things that you can get direct booking from late checkout or, you know, free parking, whatever it may be. But, you know, being able to have all those different uh, uh, venues that you can go through. Yeah. Also, to keep investing in the relationship, right? So in this case, when you just can can do something to rebook in your same property, right? But giving something extras and to have a great customer journey. And it's okay. I got. I just had a great stay in there. I need another break with my family. This I went there a few months ago. I go back to the same place and I booked them directly because the host was the host was super nice or the the, the I had a great experience in there or they gave me an upgrade or they gave me etc. And these are small things what what also in property can do right. And I think it doesn't matter if it's a vacation rent or of accommodation when the experience is good they can maintain a relationship and of course there's yeah. it's more difficult to book on a vacation rental on a direct basis because many of the apartment doesn't have no website but if you look at the hotel space in this case you see that that yeah it makes sense right to book directly and yes we as I mentioned before we have something in between so hotels or users still book directly but we facilitate in the interface or the technology yeah. between but the end if somebody books directly i think it's fair right and and Soon, when you're just using maybe like different channels or OTAs or Meta Search, whatever, to make your search and book directly, I think it's it's great. And especially also for, and even though maybe not the first time, maybe the first time you're using an OTA, but as a OTA as well, make sure that the second time when the customer is happy, he books the you directly, right? So this is also what came back. Like, okay, what again we can do to make, of course, when the occupancy is growing a bit, it will still probably not be as high as, as years before. But even yeah. though it's growing, how can we make sure that we have a good revenue from it? Well, my, my question to all of you, I guess, would be because this is something we talk about all the time, whether it's here, Slick Talk, Clubhouse, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, um, is for, at least on the short-term rental side, especially as a manager myself, like building a short-term rental management brand um, isn't hard, but it's harder because the OTAs really don't give you any type of access or ability. Like when I go on booking.com or Expedia and I type in hotels in Seaside, Oregon, I see all the names of the hotels, whether it's IHG, whether, you know, there's a Holiday Inn, there's a, a Quality Inn, there's all these independent brands that you see. But when I go on Airbnb or Verbo, granted, yes, a lot of them are independent operators, you know, second vacation homes, um, maybe a certain wing or section of a house or spare, spare bedroom, whatever it may be. Uh, but it's really hard to put your brand out there because the OTAs one will be like, no, mm-hmm. uh, Airbnb is not really uh, friendly when it comes to sharing data, um, allowing you to market yourself. Like everyone, when they book on short-term rental platforms is usually saying, oh, I'm staying in an Airbnb this weekend. Granted, Airbnb is not cleaning the toilets. They're not folding the, the laundry. They're not doing anything. They're just really being a, a, a distribution platform so how can and golden this is more more directed to you how have you seen or how can other um you know operators in that space trying to build their direct booking um income and, and revenue streams what what can they do against not against the ota but how can they leverage maybe otas in order to market themselves better well michael already said it 
it's the OTA's job to get you the first booking. But if that guest ever comes back to your market, it's up to you to get that second booking. Uh, I was at a conference when one of the executives from Expedia spoke one time and he literally said the exact same thing. Guys, we're there to give you bookings. If you provide a great experience, they'll book with you direct the second time. But if they go to a new market, we're going to find them another new booking. And that's the role of the OTA is to help uh, travel planners or whether it's a professional or a single owner or single traveler, find a place they're looking for. And I know for me, and and I'm curious if you've ever seen any numbers, uh, any of you guys, but I'm curious the book direct numbers for short-term rentals versus hotels. Uh, I only book direct on hotels. I, unless I know an operator in the market, I usually book on an OTA for short-term rentals. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious if you guys have ever seen any numbers out there. And we can always direct this back towards the UK. I know this was kind of like how we started the conversation and we kind of <laughs> got a little carried away. But um, yeah, I would love to hear those numbers too. I think uh, I heard some interesting ones last night in, a, in another room. So I'm curious to see what you guys have. It's again, visibility, right? And it's again, as a, as a whole, yeah, you can build your website. You're investing in a website, which costs you something. But if you really are a vacation rental owner, you have a few properties, are you really going to invest in your website, visibility, keep it up to date? Most likely not. Often it's a side hustle. It's not your, your main income, something extra. You've got, you got the professional ones. In that case, okay, they try to do something. But they also they know like it's much probably cheaper for many of them just to get their still their reservations too. And especially when you're maybe a property manager, system, property manager. It's okay, I will use the, 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 the big guy who has a big audience. I will use them. And I have my markup anyway, right? So at the end, it's to make their life all easier. And you can see what you said and also what the big change actually is saying, why they're working still with, with large OTAs. Make sure that they have a great experience and then we can convert them into our loyal member or make sure they book directly. And that's what the, what the big change and your favorite of Michael is also saying, okay, make sure that next time they come directly. And then it's fine. Then you're paying your whatever your commission, your 15, 20%. Because next time it's not needed and it's yeah. one time acquisition cost what we have to get a member. And to answer your question, Will, like how can a single owner or a, a small property manager do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Wi-Fi uh, splash pages that you gather all of the guests' information, not just yeah. the uh, this booker. And in order for them to connect, they give you their name, their email address. And bam, you, you've got them. Now you build a, a drip campaign and, and you add all of your guests in there again and offer a discount for a repeat booking, right? Like yeah. pretty, pretty straightforward. A lot of people don't do it though. Um, very, very few people use a, a splash page Wi-Fi login, which can, like, it, it's easy to get the primary booker's information. It's hard to get the six other people that are staying there. True. Very true. Uh, Christian, do you have any uh, data on your on your end, my friend? Well, um, well, we were talking earlier about sustainability and yeah. efficiency. So I do uh, have another really cool point that was made up during uh, I Meet Hotel UK. Um, we we were talking about, and as we were talking about uh, earlier about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, you know, this I guess you can say things have changed in our times now with mobile technologies. So this is something sooner or later that you're going to have to get into. Um, in the future. And this is uh, one of our speakers are talking about just paper waste, for example. 
and she brought up a fact that 15 of New York City's uh, central parks, if they were full of forests, need to be cut down or one hotel's year use of paper to assign tasks. I'm not talking about registration. I'm just talking about paper that's in the hotel, you know, printing out uh, uh, whatever, maybe schedules, you name it. Just tasks, which hotel rooms need to be clean, when they need to be clean, the sign-off forms, the check forms, all these different things. So you can eliminate that, uh, you know, going to these mobile technologies. And there's a lot of proven mobile technologies out there that have been yeah. developed in the last couple of years that have proven. Uh, another point that she made was that, um, you know, just on printing how much hotels you spend per year uh, and that the cost now per milliliter for a uh, printer ink is more expensive than the perfume Chanel number no. five. So you think <laughs> about these different costs that are going into there. Uh, and, and one other point that I want to bring up is she, uh, she also brought up uh, some data about uh, the, the receptionist and how many people pick up the phone to answer a guest inquiry. Yeah. So for example, a hotel room, a hotel full of 30 guests, um, you know, they're, they're, each guest is looking for a towel, wants room service, wants to know when the concierge is open, whatever it may be. Uh, they spend, you know, let's just say 30 of those calls, two minutes per call. You know, that's 60 minutes a day at, you know, $12 an hour that that reception is making for 365 days. That's 4,300 bucks that they're just picking up the phone saying, oh yeah, we can send you up a towel or, oh yeah, we'll set your wake up call at nine o'clock where these systems with these proven technologies can eliminate that. So you imagine that's 30 rooms. Imagine if you have 300 rooms yeah, and how much that can add up per year. Yeah. I, also, right. That I just thinking that implementing technology is actually, it's in the cost, but just people don't realize often it's a cost saver, right? That's what you say. Even contact less. Yes. But I have to change my locks and everything. Yes. But nobody has to go there. Just give you the physical key. If there's a lot of things in an example, what Christian just said, why, why in that have this this concierge app? There's so many simple solutions out there. Just just use it, test it, and see if it works for you. And unfortunately, many hoteliers or properties say, okay, this is I have to invest in this case, but they don't don't think what you just make the calculation. It doesn't on long term, even after a year, you just already have for sure your money back. So yeah, and that's and and to go off the top of that as well, not only that is that you're getting rid of all this different waste that you normally would have. Then you can apply for eco labels, like green key or yep. whatever they may be, uh, because this is another huge trend that that we also brought up in Destination UK is that people looking for those filters for sustainable hotels, eco-friendly hotels, uh, or, or rentals for that matter. So I think you know you can pretty much knock two birds out with one stone, uh, yeah. save the costs, and then you know get onto these different filters that are be, becoming more trending. Yeah. Well, yeah. for uh, before we wrap up, there's some. Finally, uh, some favorable news coming out of the UK from Prime Minister Boris, where by March, the, the UK expects, or at least England expects to be fully back to normal. There's still some questions on the Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland also comply with the same kind of rules. I don't fully understand all of the UK, England politics myself, but uh, I was on a call with the Scottish Short-Term Lets Association last week. And one of the local PMSs said the, the minute Boris made that announcement, they had for the next three days, a booking every five seconds came in for three days straight, just back to back to back to back, um, which is people are pent up. People are ready to travel. Yeah. Most of them, I think 80% were local bookings. 
but 20% were international. And, uh, you know, I'm planning to go to, to Scotland in July, but I, I think after that news, I'm way more confident that it's actually possible than, than I was the week prior. So in, do you have the graph, Will? Yeah, yeah. What we're seeing is still uh, a preference towards short-term rentals in London. Um, makes sense. I would imagine a lot of the last minute travelers might skew more towards hotels than short-term rentals, uh, but significantly higher by, by July, over 50% occupancy, which I think in London, 80 or so was, was about the norm. So still pacing pretty far off of, uh, off of the mean, but favorable signs. I mean, it's, uh, up and to the right, which is, which is what we want to see. Yeah. Totally. Well, I'm curious about countryside because I think even the countryside is doing better, right? It's still in, in the pandemic like this. Do you really want to stay in a city center? Probably yeah. less interesting. So I think if you're looking at the, uh, I'm curious about the numbers of the countryside and everything. I think it will be even more promising. So, yeah, for sure. Now, we'll have to do a part two to this episode and see what the actual numbers are and more, a little bit more dive in, uh, dive in the depth of the details. But I think for hopefully they're all on the same page that uh, this is a positive sign. And uh, as you know, short term rentals and hotels start to professionalize and take this time, you know, off that they've had. Um, we see a little bit of shift in, in ops and, of course, uh, guest experience. And so it'll be be quite interesting to dive into episode uh, part two for this one. Um, but if you guys have anything else, uh, anything going on, are you guys excited for, you know, uh, obviously spring in Alabama? Um, anything going on in Krakow you guys uh, looking forward to? We're working on really, really interesting stuff. It's, 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 it's busy. And you can see we're developing so many things also regarding connectivity, regarding new partnerships, new hotels who are just onboarding. So it's a really busy period for us, actually. And of course, we just see a small increase of bookings coming, of course. And it's so just repairing ourselves and make everything better and better and uh, excited for this coming. And, and hopefully that things become a bit back to normal. I think the signs of the UK Makes me happy. Uh, I just said my daughter's for one year at school. She can't wait to also have a bit normal life again, right? So just hope that things will come back to normal. And uh, let's do what we all love so much is traveling. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think uh, we'll hopefully soon, maybe this year, even do an episode of Good Morning Hospitality together in person and in real life. Sounds so cool. Awesome. All right. Well, see you guys next week. And thank you, everybody who's been watching on the live.